2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 reads, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Hello, welcome back to the podcast, Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I'm one of the pastor elders here. My name is Bryce Beal. Today I'm all by myself. I'm looking forward to next week, Lord willing, my wife Michaela will join me and we'll talk about talking about God with your children. This week though, it's just me and I wanted to do a short podcast to talk about what is one of the most important parts of theology proper, which is the Trinity. Today's podcast is called Three in One. We've delayed talking about the Trinity for a while. Part of that was just logistics, but I hope no one takes that as a evidence that we think the Trinity is unimportant. It's actually a very essential part of our theology proper, what we think about God. Now, the Trinity can be a little confusing at times, so hopefully the next 10 or 15 minutes will help you <laughs> clarify what you think about the Trinity. We want to do it in a biblical way. Part of the reason that it can be confusing to think about the Trinity is because if you were to ask the question, what chapter and verse in the Bible teaches the doctrine of the Trinity? The answer would be none. Meaning there is not a single isolated verse in the Bible that teaches the whole doctrine of the Trinity anywhere. You will not find it. You will not even find the word Trinity in your Bible. That was a term that was coined by Tertullian in Latin. He was a church father around AD 200. So that word is not in the Bible itself, which was written in Greek. There's no Greek word, Trinity. However, you did have a lot of the early church councils. These were the meetings of Christians in the early world in the first, let's say, 400 or so years of the church You had these early church councils of Christians gathering together to hammer out important points of doctrine. And what's so interesting is, although it's true you don't have a single chapter verse description of the Trinity or explanation of the Trinity in the Bible, every single one of these four early ecumenical councils, as we call them, Council of Nicaea, Constantinople, Council of Ephesus, and Council of Chalcedon, Every single one had a lot to do with the doctrine of the Trinity. These were very long debates, not easily settled, again, because you couldn't pull out a single verse and say, this settles it. You had to put verses together. You might wonder, if there's not like a single verse explaining the Trinity, why were these councils so focused on it? Why was there so much discussion about it? Here is the reason. Because the Trinity is implied in every verse of the Bible. It's not taught in any single verse of the Bible. It is implied in every single verse in your entire Bible. What I mean is, and you know this probably, if you open your Bible and try to make sense of it with no sense of a doctrine of the Trinity, it's not going to make sense. (laughs) So many things are going to be confusing to you, where on the other hand, if you have a doctrine of the Trinity in your head, a lot of the verses in the Bible make sense. So it's not taught explicitly, in any single place, but it is taught implicitly in almost every single place in the Bible. So getting to this doctrine of the Trinity itself, you say, what is the doctrine of the Trinity? We're going to make it very simple. God, as he's revealed himself in the Bible, is one being and he is three persons. If you know that, technically, you know the doctrine of the Trinity. 
God is one being, there's one God, but he's one being who exists very uniquely as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As to the fact that there's one being or one God, you see this in a lot of passages. Deuteronomy 6.4 is the Shema, a very essential verse of the Old Testament. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This was at the heart of Jewish belief or Hebrew belief because Judaism was and is monotheistic. Monotheism, mono means one, theism, the idea of God, Monotheism was rare. It was unique. It was unexpected in the ancient world when God revealed himself to Abraham as the only God, the one God. And since that time, we have always believed in keeping with our Jewish background. And then today, as Christians, we believe there's one God. There's not three gods, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's only one God. The New Testament says this, 1 Corinthians 8, 6, for us, there is one God. The Father from whom are all things and for whom we exist. There are not three gods. Islam tends to view the Christian doctrine of the Trinity as tritheism, that we're saying there are three gods. No Christian that I know is saying that whatsoever. (laughs) That is not what we teach. There is only one God. But here's where a paradox comes in, and this is why the Trinity can be a little tricky for us to understand is because although it's very clear there's only one God, it's also clear in the Bible that God exists uniquely as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example of this in the Bible. Here's John chapter 10. Jesus is speaking, verses 30 to 33. Jesus says, I, he's the Son, I and the Father are one. I and the Father are one. You say, well, what does that mean? One in what way? Well, here's how the Jewish people of that day responded. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And Jesus answered, I've shown you so many good works from the Father. For which of them are you going to stone me? And this is their answer. It's not for a good work that we're going to stone you, but for blasphemy because you being a man make yourself God. So that original audience in the best position to understand Jesus, literally, he's speaking their language. He says, I and the Father are one, and they understand him to be saying that he is God. You being a man, make yourself God. They consider it blasphemy because they don't think that possible, but this is what Christians teach. This is what we believe from Scripture, that Jesus was a man, being a man, but he had another nature. He was also God. So you have that. What are you going to do with I and the Father are one? if you don't believe that there are three persons in the Trinity. John eight fifty eight fifty nine, 59, Jesus said to the Jews again, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, hundreds of years before his time, I am. And you may know from Exodus three fourteen, that's the covenant name of the one true God, Yahweh. Yahweh comes from this idea of I am. Jesus says that of himself, I am, before Abraham was. And their response, they picked up stones to throw at him. (laughs) Because again, they understand him to be claiming to be the one true God, which they did not consider possible. But we know either that was possible or Jesus was a liar. (laughs) And we don't consider him so. So again, as you can see, this idea of one being, three persons, although it may be difficult to wrap our minds around, really perhaps impossible, If you don't have this doctrine, then what do you do with all of these verses of Scripture? What do you do with Jesus, even, who makes these claims, I am? 
You have to do something with them. So God is one being, three persons. You do see what we call triadic passages in the Bible. I read one at the beginning. These are not proofs of the Trinity. They don't explain the Trinity. But you often do see Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three persons put together in a passage, just as another hint that the Trinity is true. So you saw that in 2 Corinthians 13, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Great Commission, Jesus has us baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It's just one name, and it is a name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Again, that's triadic. Just another hint. It's implied. Now, you might want to go further than this and say, what does it mean that God's one being and three persons? We actually cannot go very much further than simply saying that that is true. (laughs) There's nothing you can compare it with. It's not like ice, water, mist, or or steam, three states of water. It's not like that. It's not like a three-leaf clover. It's not like that. There's nothing on earth we can compare the Trinity to. It's completely unique. And therefore, we don't really have a way of comprehending it as people. It's one of the mysteries of God. We can know it's true, but we can't go much further. What does it mean that God the Father is Father? Well, there's things we can see him doing, like he tends to initiate when we read of him in Scripture. We see the Son fulfilling the Father's plan. We see the Holy Spirit then coming from the Father and Son and carrying on the work and bringing it to perfection or completion. But again, when any of the persons are doing something, all of them are involved. None of them are absent or idle because they're one being. So it's very difficult for us to get our mind around this. The only point I want to make in this very short podcast is when you are thinking about God, understand that he is rich in his being. He is a God who is three persons, one God. If you pray to the Father, you're praying to God. If you pray to Jesus the Son, you're praying to God. If you pray to the Holy Spirit, you are praying to God. Each of them are equally God. They're not each one-third God. They're each entirely God, every single member or person of the Godhead. And yet in some way, there's a distinction in their persons. But we can't say a lot more than that. We can marvel at it. Really, that's what we do is we marvel at it. We wonder at this, that our God has always existed as a trinity. It should excite in us an awe and a worship. It may in the past have been that you thought there were three gods, or maybe functionally that's how you read your Bible. Jesus is a God, and the Father's a God, and the Holy Spirit's a God. Maybe you held to some kind of Trinitarian error, like modalism, where you believe that God is one God, and he just puts on different masks. So he looks like the Father now, puts on his Jesus mask, looks like the Son, Holy Spirit, or some other kind of error. Or maybe you've just never thought about the Trinity very much. Well, in the past, that might have been the way you thought about this doctrine, but I hope now, by God's grace, we will all think this way.